Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Elio Canella, alongside Men's Always Pierce and Barriers, Ben Pierce. Ben, how are you, sir? I'm good, man, although I do have a confession to make. When you uh, when you originally Skype called me this evening, I completely... Hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, hold on. Let me put my, uh, my collar on. Okay, Father Elio is here. Tell me yes. <laughs> yes, well, when you originally uh, called me via Skype this evening, I was watching one of my favorite shows, and I had completely forgotten that we were doing the podcast this evening because I forgot it was Saturday. Oh, my. Well, you know what? So, uh, go watch one of the better pay-per-views on WWE Network. And um, that will be three hours. That that will be that will be my penance. Of your sin. Exactly. That will be your penance. Three three hours of a classic pay per view, and your sins will be absolved. Yeah, yeah. Except please don't make me watch a WCW pay per view. So, um, <clears throat> speaking of, uh, I can't put. I can't believe. Go ahead. No, I, I said I can't put you through ten AEW shows, so. No, I mean that's rewatching more than more than half of the product, so I I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> um. So how was your week? Oh, it was it, it was okay. I uh, I had to cancel workout so that I got sick, but I'll be back at it on Monday, so we're good to go. And um, Very good. and some of my wrestling watching was absolutely uh, physically painful. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a lot to cover. This week, what to say? First of all, it came to us from the Vivint Smart Home Arena in Salt Lake City, Utah. Apparently, now this uh, people were worried about uh, this raw because uh, there was a snowstorm, so they didn't know what to expect if the show would be canceled or not. Yes, and apparently, um, apparently, had it been canceled, there were. Uh, plans being put in place to have an emergency episode of NXT. That's all I heard. Oh, I would have, I would have much rather seen that an an episode, an emergency episode of NXT. Well, that's exactly what I thought, and apparently some of our viewers are agreeing with us because you're getting catcalls on the other side of the line. Their displ- their displeasure, I would assume. All right, and uh, well, our first match was a rematch uh, from uh, last week, which was uh, last week's main event. It was uh, this time it was uh, Morgan defeating Lana in a minute and 25 seconds, and this was painful. However, 
the one thing about this match that made me happy was the return of Ruby Riot. Yes, exactly. But but they booked her in such a lame fashion. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I went from I went from being lit up like a six year old, given the keys to the candy store. My my face dropped. You know what? Like it was just like what? So I went from looking like the Joker to looking like the Grinch in the space of fifteen seconds. I I don't know what to say because I really so are they gonna pair her up with uh, Lana against eleven? Well, 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 I don't I don't know now because like, like I've heard that the um, Rusev and Bobby Lashley portion of the storyline is over, so I don't know Thank how. God. I I don't know if they're just uh, well. Yeah, on one end I say thank God, but then like, is this just gonna dissolve into like you know some lame ass fucking cat fight scenario? I, Which uh, you know the, the teenage Ruby, version. But Ruby Wright looked good. Yeah, she did, and um, yeah. for me personally, I uh, I like tattooed girls, so she looked really good. 2020 Royal Rumble winner Drew McIntyre Claymore kicking the 24-7 champion in six seconds. Now, Ben, now yeah. look. If yeah. you're the 24-7 champion, doesn't that mean that you're defending your championship at all times? Uh, yeah, but they made it abundantly uh, I was just going to say that they made it abundantly clear that this wasn't a uh, championship defense. And uh, it's a good... I, I know that, but no. Sorry. And, but, you know, for Mojo Rowley's sake, and I, I can't stand Mojo Rowley as a, as a character, um, so I didn't mind seeing him get Claymore in the face. Um, but... Um, but yeah, if, if it's going to be a 24-7 championship, I understand your point, but then again, I really don't want to see Drew McIntyre win the 24-7 championship because like he's he's so far above that. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. At this point... I can, I, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I understand your point, but I just think... I just think Drew McIntyre right. is entirely too brilliant to be saddled yeah. with the he's with the a, he's be he's better than the twenty four seven championship. Yeah. yeah, I mean let's because let's be honest with ourselves here, bro. The twenty four seven championship is nothing more than a prop and an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Okay, um, we had. <laughs> The architects of pain is that what they're calling themselves? Uh, well, now, now I think they're going away from that because, um, you know, I I forget what the, what they called. Uh, I forget what they called them, but um, I think they were just referred to as Buddy Murphy and AOP. So. The group 
together, I don't think has a name uh, just yet. But uh, oh, speaking okay. speaking of names, uh, let me highlight a name change that came down uh, after um, after this raw episode just a few days ago. Apparently, right. bu- apparently, the one name curse has struck again. And we will no we will no longer be seeing Buddy Murphy. He will simply be known as Murphy. What what it what it what it really does is it gives Vince McMahon more opportunities to piss me off. Oh, I just oh. you know. And I got, oh, hold on before we go on. I gotta say, did you, did you hear about this? About, about apparently WWE's in some trouble, like with security or something. Yeah, I am. I, um, I read about that earlier today. Yeah. I have a, I have a, I have a question. What's that? Why does Vince McMahon insist on running his company into the ground? Well, this, this company is in so much trouble. It's because, not funny. Because you know he's he's just. He's he's lost his mind. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna go out of my way to insult the guy because I don't insult the elderly. But it's just it's very very clear, and I've, I've said this over and over again on this show that Vince McMahon has just lost it in so many more ways than one. So, um, well, that's you know. what I'm saying. Like, I mean, why does he insist on running his company into the ground? This company is in so much trouble. It's it's like a, it's like um, or that was that period where uh, he was involved in legal issues around that time, and this is uh, that period all over again. Well, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that bad from from like a legal scenario, but from a um, from a financial and and ratings scenario it certainly is um and you know the the thing for me is is and we heard this when uh he uh kicked michelle Berrios or michelle wilson and george Berrios to the curb you know because they apparently went against his vision for the future of the company to, you know, to be honest with you, and, and this isn't sour grapes, this is just my honest opinion, okay? There's two points I'd like to make here. The, the first one being, I don't think Vince McMahon cares what anybody thinks. I think it's, it's his company, it's his playground, it's his money, he can do whatever the hell he chooses. Uh, you know, and number number two... I don't think he's. I don't think he's very used to people telling him that you know his his shit stinks because he's surrounded by a bunch of yes men and you know a bunch of uh, puppets. Uh, in, in my okay, opinion. but okay, but first of all, okay, first of all, what is his vision? I don't. I don't know what his vision for this company well, is. Number well, one, number two, number two. He number two. He has like. He he know does he know that he has a whole he's got like he has a lot of employees that could be upset uh, with uh, that that are possibly upset with the direction that the company is going. Well, once once again, I don't think he cares because you know he he's just, he's just one guy that lives 
in a bubble and, and doesn't believe that he's wrong. You know, and it, it, it's sad to see a company that I that I love, get, you know, go down a, a path that they're going down. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, maybe the best thing for them right now, is, especially if you're if you're looking at show quality, maybe the best thing for for them it is to hit rock bottom and then and then eventually, you know, be higher ups and the most important people realize that their company is fucked and they have to change direction. Because realistically, like that's the only that's the only hope that they have. I mean, from a weekly television perspective, they are producing such a low quality of, of you know, television show. It, it's it's ridiculous, and and you know, it does a disservice to all the to all the wrestlers and employees that work to make these shows the, the best that they can be, but. Then again, they're handcuffed by, you know, one person's creative vision. And to your point, I don't know what that creative vision is. And I don't think anybody else outside of Vince McMahon knows what that is because I think I think all he's motivated by is, you know, the almighty dollar. And, we, and we've seen so many examples of that, uh, you know, and... and most notably, in my opinion, is the fact that he's having another series of these Saudi Arabia shows. Uh, that's another one. Oh, we have to. We'll we'll, we'll uh, see about that uh, at the end of the month, uh, which I'm not planning on watching that show. I'll look at the I'll look at the card because I pretty much know the card, but. But uh, yeah, I don't have any plans to watch that show. Yeah, I, I don't either. It's it's an it's an insult to my intelligence, quite frankly. Now another debut on Monday Night Raw, we had Selena Vega coming out to the ring and introducing Angel Garza. Yes, and he um he went up against his cousin. Uh, Humberto Carrillo, and um, this was before the match. He he revealed himself to um, you know Humberto, uh, yep. and and um, you know says that he's a disgrace to the family, and that uh, Gars is the future of the of you know Lucha Libre in the family. And then, um, and then he he DDTs Carrillo on the exposed concrete, and then out comes Rey Mysterio to make the save, or at least to check on him, and then that leads to the match between Mysterio and Garza, um, which which Ray ended up getting the win. So. You know, I think um, I think that this was a good debut for Garza. Um, although, as is now becoming the typical case as it relates to NXT talent getting caught up to Raw, 
I um I hesitate uh, to see Garza on Raw at this point because I um I like him so much on NXT and I want to I want to see him get used properly on Monday Night Raw and not be treated like so many of his um like so many of his predecessors have uh, when they get called up to the main roster because. You know, I can I can pretty much count on one hand the amount of times that the main roster has booked a former NXT talent properly. Um, so I, I I don't hold out much hope um, for for Garza on the main roster, and I'll be very interested to see what happens once um, once Andrade comes back from. His uh, thirty-day suspension. Okay. That'll that'll be extremely interesting as it relates to Angel Garza. So there's that too. Can we see Andrade face turn? Um. Well, we, we definitely could. Um. I just think it's too early at this point. Um. Especially because if you think about it. Even though he's like he's really really good in the ring, you know um, the biggest problem I see for Andrade is that he doesn't speak English very well, so, so he has a hard time connecting with fans outside of the ring um, on promos and the like. Um, and I just. Um, I feel like he needs uh, Selena Vega so much more than Garza does. So it'll be very interesting to see if Garza is just filling in for Andrade until he returns or if this is going to turn into a program uh, once Andrade gets back. Okay. And, of course, this uh, show was highlighted by a triple threat with uh, Ricochet defeating Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins. So now uh, Ricochet goes on to face um, Brock Lesnar at the end oh, of the month. Oh, God. Uh, you know, p- pardon pardon me as a gut-busting laugh escapes my mouth. Because to me, to me that's, just, that's just a fucking joke. It, it really is. And I, and I don't mean I don't mean that Ricochet's a joke. Or any or anything of that nature. I just I just feel like Ricochet versus Brock Lesnar is not smart booking because we all know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just going to get destroyed in in uh, you know less than five minutes. You know, Brock is going to collect his money and be back on the plane to Sasagacha one. You know, you know. So it's just um, to me that's not something that I want to see. And that really sucks because I I like Ricochet a lot, and they're they're not doing him any services at all, and and this this situation, this upcoming match at Super Showdown, does does him no good whatsoever because we all know what's gonna happen. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite.
Yes, dynamite. Cue the seventies uh, disco music, or or not because that's a genre. <laughs> or not because that's a genre that I can't stand at all. Actually, actually, you know what? We'll we'll, we'll do that uh, at SmackDown segment. But go on, AEW dynamite. Absolutely. So, uh, to kick off the evening, we had uh, John Moxley versus Ortiz, and uh, of of course, um, of course, John Moxley got the win. But the um, so this was a how, how long was this motherfucking thing? Uh, seven minutes and fifty seconds. And while the while the actual match was was very good, I thought um, the real uh, the real storyline of this match happened after the final bell because uh, Ortiz's tag team partner uh, had a run in with Moxley where he. Um, Moxley ended up going eye for an eye with him, and uh, pardon the pun, but it makes perfect sense because uh, Moxley used the car keys to uh, to quote unquote stab Ortiz in the eye. So uh, they're going with the eye for an eye um, storyline uh, heading into. Uh, their cha- their championship match between uh, Moxley and uh, Chris Jericho at Rebellion. So I I actually thought that that was that, that was very interesting. Um, uh, next up we had SCU versus Best Friends. Of course, uh, the Best Friends were accompanied by Orange Cassidy. And um, this was a, I I thought this was a, a pretty solid match. I um, you know I just the one issue that I have with best friends, right? Is I I feel like every time that they're in a match, I know exactly what's gonna happen. And meaning that they're gonna lose because I just I just don't see them as being a uh, a threat um, for a championship down the line if they continue to be booked like this because I don't think that they've won a match on TV uh, since they've debuted I, I I really don't I I don't remember them uh, getting the victory. And then, um, you know, post-match, of course, we had to once again suffer through a Dark Order segment where they attacked, they attacked and laid out SCU until um, Orange Cassidy got in the, in the ring and then they offered him a Dark Order mask and then, that did, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, after that, we have... <coughs> Excuse me. We have. See, I'm, I'm allergic to this dark order bullshit. Um, <laughs> and then uh, next up, we have MJF cutting a uh, promo on Cody, where he is hyping up their uh, segment for later in the evening, where uh, Cody Rhodes will take 
10 lashes as part of the uh, as as part of the three conditions uh, for for Cody to get a match with MJF for, at Rebellion. So we have that excellent segment to look forward to in the main event, and we'll we'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, next up, we had the Elite. Uh, consisting of Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade. Um, this was um, I the the Butcher and the Blade are really starting to grow on me, and I I've always loved uh, the Lucha Bros. So anytime that uh, the Lucha Bros are involved, I'm really gonna enjoy myself. Um. And like like I said, uh, the butcher and the blade, especially especially the butcher, uh, Andy Williams, that guy that guy just looks like a fucking you know bar brawl or street fighter who's gonna kick your ass if you look at him the wrong way, uh, which which I like. Um, so that that's always that that's always a good match, and in, in my opinion, uh, giving the Lucha Bros the um, uh, the, the nod in this one was definitely the right way to go. Um, afterwards, um, we have. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Would you say won the match? Uh, the Lucha Bros. No, it was it was Adam Page, Kenny Omega, and the Big Young Bucks. Oh, didn't it? Because because yeah, I yeah. Okay, well, well, I got confused then because. Um, I, I thought that um, there. I thought they lost because there was all sorts of dissension and and discussion over pages. Oh, no, no, no. yeah, no, they they won. I know, yeah. I know. It's was confused. I know they have two stories running at the same time. It's yeah, because they were they were uh, they were confronting Paige over his alcohol issues. Oh. But and, and, but yes. which I which I don't Just like. Stop that. it already. Which I don't like that storyline at all. I I would have thought professional wrestling as a whole would have learned their lesson after what happened with uh, Jay Jay Roberts and uh, Scott Hall having their personal demons involved in storyline, but apparently not. Yep. Next up, we have uh, Kip Sabian versus Joey Janela. The highlight of this match for me, of course, was Penelope Ford. Um, I'm guessing you can you can I uh, guess why um, that would be the case. Um, and, she's uh, uh, with Kip Sabian. Yes. And the the storyline that they're going with is that she is Joey Janela's ex girlfriend. So of course. When the ex-girlfriend's involved, you just know that all kinds of shit is getting ready to hit the fan. Um, so that was that was enjoyable. And, of course, uh, Kip Sapien got the win over Joey Janela because, because he's got the girl at this point. So this, um, this is likely going to lead to... This is likely going to lead to a pay-per-view confrontation. Um, so, uh, next up after that was, 
a uh, Jericho promo where he's ranting about uh, uh, Moxley's audacity to take um, to take out uh, Santana's eye as if he as if he had nothing to do uh, with Moxley getting stabbed in the eye because of course of course that's exactly what Jericho did to him so. I, I, I found that little piece of heel work to be very entertaining. Um, but the, uh, the the most intriguing part of the uh, promo for me was uh, Santana, who just went off on Moxley and said that, um, that uh, we're gonna we're gonna see who comes out on top on this feud because they're gonna go eye for an eye. Uh, you know, playing off the old adage once again. Um, so I'll be very, I'll be very interested to see how that unfolds in the next three weeks ahead of their um, pay-per-view uh, confrontation between uh, Jericho and Moxley. Um, let's see. Next up was the main event uh, segment. We did not have a match. Uh, to end the show this evening, it was Cody's time to get 10 lashes. There's no room on uh, my TV television screen for stuff like this. I just, thought, I just didn't want to see it. I didn't like that that segment. Just wrestling is supposed to be fun. There's nothing fun there. Well, you know, and, and I can I can certainly understand that. I actually enjoyed it just from the just from the the storytelling perspective and just like how badly you wanted Cody to get his hands on uh, MJF. So I thought, I thought that that part was well played and I loved like the interaction of Arn Anderson, Dusty Rhodes, and uh, of course, Brandy. So I actually enjoyed it, but I completely understand your point. And uh, with that being said, that is our AEW review for the week. And we will be back soon with our NXT review for the other half of the Wednesday Night Wars. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Ben. Yes. Are you feeling refreshed? Absolutely. That uh, that little break does wonders. All right, sir. Did you get all the Vince McMahon crap out of your system? Yes, and and now we're we're on to uh, what I believe is the best product in today's professional wrestling landscape. That being NXT, so if you will... NXT, let's go. So, 
as I say, if you will indulge me, I will I will take you on my favorite part of the journey for the week. Um, so to uh, start off, we have the Bruiserweights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn appearing in their own custom golf cart. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently this has been dubbed. Apparently, this has been dubbed the Bruiserweight Mobile, and they oh, go. Yes, and then they go into detail about how they never expected to uh, be a tag team, but now that they are, uh, they have uh, some business to attend to with uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and the Undisputed Air. After this, uh, Bobby Fish and O'Reilly arrive, and um, and 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 then Riddle proceeds to uh, get on Bobby Fish that he said the word fish, uh, and then he goes into a tongue twister of how much fish could Bobby Fish fry? If Bobby Fish could fry fish. <laughs> What? Um, so <laughs> did that uh, actually happen on this show? Wow! Yes. I didn't see that. So, so the fact that the fact that I was able to say that sentence without tripping over my words—I don't know about you, but I find that impressive. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for the golf clap to go along with the golf cart. That, that, that was that, that was very well played, sir. Um, so so this whole segment led up to the announcement that, that the undisputed air and the Broserweights will be facing off at at uh, Takeover Portland, and that's a match I can't wait to see. Up next, we had Angel Garza versus Isaiah Scott. Of course, Garza is having one hell of a week, having made his debut on Monday Night Raw, and then he's back on NXT TV. So they get right into the action, working several counters. Uh, very good chain chain wrestling here. Uh you know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of counters back and forth. Um, it finally starts to pick up when Scott fights back to his feet and uh, transitions into an arm bar and then into strikes. Um, once again, he gets worked into uh, the corner. Um, talk, talking about Scott, as, as Garza works him in, into the corner, he follows up with chops. Uh, you, you can uh, you can just imagine that there were woo chants going on all through the arena. And ladies and gentlemen, I have not seen this show, but every time there are chops involved, you always hear the woo. So that's do you, do you get tired of hearing the woo the woo chants every time yes. someone delivers yeah. chops? It's seriously, it's annoying. It's enough already. Yes. Um, and, and if if they if they start doing if they start doing it with Walter, I'm I'm going to I'm I'm just gonna have an issue because Walter's chops look like they can stop a man's heart. 
but then uh, then we get into s- some uh, very quick back and forth action. Uh, we have uh, we have Garza countering the head scissor attempt by Scott uh, into a uh, slingshot suplex and. The German suplex, a, fe- a flatliner, and the cover for two more chops and kicks um, by Scott. Followed up by an insecurity. He gets cut off by Garza, who hits the super kick. Uh, trading shots and headbutts. And a sit-out diver for two by Garza. Scott leaves the boots to Garza after recovering. Uh, Garza fires back, and we get another pants segment that is becoming famous with Garza. Garza rips off his pants and throws them at Scott. And I got, I, I got to tell you, um, Elio, just as a, just as a piece of trivia from me to you, if a man rips off his pants and throws them at me, I'm gonna get very, very. Uh, distracted and pissed off. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I would, would hope so. I would, I would forget there was even a match going on, and I would, I would just proceed to be kicking his ass. <laughs> I, I would not like that at all. And to be honest with you, uh, that whole pants thing just kind of creeps me out. Yeah. But then, um, then Scott hits hits what appeared to be his finishing move. I'm not sure what that's called, and that got a near fall. Uh, and Garza counters his further attacks and hits the wing cleaver on Scott, thus getting the pin in ten minutes and forty seconds. Uh, next up, we have Dominic Dijakovic versus Killian Dane in an eight-minute match. Um, I can't really comment on this match because, like I said, I haven't seen it. Uh, but um, I, I wouldn't expect anything other than a big hoss fight when Killian Dane is involved. Uh, next up, it is confirmed that... Dijakovic has earned a shot at Keith Lee and the North American title at TakeOver, and the stare-down between the two of them confirms that they will be facing off at NXT TakeOver Portland. Uh, Next up, we have Undisputed Error asking Kushida if he knows where um, where Champa is. Um... It's anybody's guess whether Kushida understood what they were saying. Uh, the Undisputed Era get pissed off, uh, shoved him, and slammed Kushida through a crate. Uh, Bronson Reed, Reed shows up to defend uh, Kushida, but of course Roderick Strong cuts him off with a knee and, and lays him out. Uh, next up, we have... We have my favorite commentator in the business, Mauro Ronaldo, uh, interviewing Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor via the split screen. Uh, 
and they go back and forth to hype up their takeover match. Uh, Gargano says that he has counted down the days to this face-off for three months. Uh, Bauer one-ups him and says that he wants it for four years because he's not worth the hype. Uh, and that uh, Johnny Gargano could never be the next Finn Bauer. Um, Johnny says he's he's the first Gargano and reminds everybody that he is the first and only uh, NXT Triple Crown winner. Uh, Bauer doesn't care if if, um, if this is M O T Y or not. I'm not sure what that means. And uh, Gargano says he sees the right Bauer in his eyes. That's NXT Bauer, not the guy who lost 17 times in a row to Bobby Lashley on Raw. I want to hear that segment. I'd I'd be be delighted to to hear and see everyone's reaction. Uh, But I definitely want to see this match after just reading about that promo. Next up, we have Mercedes Martinez versus Casey Catanzaro. This was a three-minute squash match with um, Mercedes Martinez getting the victory. Um, the The next match, which um, which could have been the main event, had had it not been for the main event segment between uh, Charlotte, Rhea, and Bianca. Um, Jordan Devlin, who is the new NXT Cruiserweight champion, uh, takes on Tyler Breeze, and he obviously would get the win in 15 minutes and 25 seconds. And, um, you know, I think, um, I think Breeze has been criminally underused as a main roster star, so I am... I am glad that he's back on NXT after a run with 205 Live. As I've said, I haven't heard anything definitively, but I can only assume that 205 Live is dead or dying. Charlotte, Rhea, and Bianca having a face-to-face-to-face in the ring. Um, Bianca claims that Rhea must have forgotten that they're wrestling in Portland because she's too busy focusing on Charlotte and Monday Night Raw. Uh, she says she doesn't care about any queen and she wants Rhea now. Charlotte arrives and apparently got a very cool reaction, uh, the likes of which that we haven't heard for her on the main roster. So I'd be very interested to go back and uh, and look at that. Um Charlotte says she respects her. Um, uh, t- t- let's see. Hold on, I lost my spot. And um, and puts her over as the athlete. I think she's talking about. Yeah, she's talking about Bianca Belair here. Um, and Bianca's happy that she's getting. Um, Props from Charlotte, but the fo- the focus uh, needs to be on Rhea overlooking her. Uh, Rhea looks on as all this is going on, um, and Bianca steps in front of Charlotte to confront her. Um, Charlotte puts 
her hand in Bianca's face, uh, which Bianca laughs. Rhea says she's all about dropping the queen at Mania. Uh, Bianca disagrees, saying that they won't even get there. And the more and more I'm reading about this, I'm, I'm getting confused as to why this statement is taking place. I understand that they're trying to set up a triple threat at Mania, um, but I thought that uh, that they were teasing that Charlotte was going to make her decision uh, as to who she was facing at Mania. So that's a little confusing. So I'd have to go back and take a look at that segment to understand it entirely. Um, and then uh, for the main event, um, the Broserweights and Tommaso Ciampa faced off with the Undisputed Era. I'm not even going to attempt to do this one justice. I'm sure it was a classic um, that I cannot wait to see. And part of the reason why I'm not reviewing it is I don't want to spoil it for myself. Um, but um, but post-match, we do find out that... And we do find out that uh, Velveteen Dream is back uh, after the match. So, uh, so that's very interesting. And I will probably have to watch NXT tomorrow uh, after doing this review. So uh, that wraps up the NXT review. And I will hand it over to my counterpart to to commence with the SmackDown review because, quite frankly, I don't have the patience or the or the time to waste on. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm just gonna basically highlight uh, the main focus on this episode because episode this episode sucked. Now, number one, the number one story was um, of course, of course, Return of Goldberg and who and the question was who's next for him and uh, we find out that of course it will be Goldberg taking on Bray Wyatt Universal Championship at the next uh, event. Which shall go nameless. Yeah, and the right. other, the other, the other focus was a four-way to determine who will face Bailey for the women's championship, and of course that one was won by Carmella defeating Alexa Bliss, Dana Brooke, and Naomi. Which I think is incredibly stupid because last week they were all hyping up Naomi as if she was going to be the next. Uh, challenger, which all of this I don't give two shits about. I just want to see um, Bailey versus Sasha at WrestleMania. The rest of it, I don't give a fuck. So, there's that. 
So, but um, let me ask you though, um, what do you what do you think about um, Bray Wyatt taking on Goldberg? I don't care. Yeah, I I I don't I don't give two shits either. So we're um we're on the same page there. So that's basically uh, your SmackDown review. I'm not going through every single match because this show sucked, much like the last several shows have been terrible. Well, for the, uh, I think for the last six months, it's been awful. Yeah. Especially the last four months, I would say, because we've constantly gotten the same uh, main event. Now, I have to ask you, uh, I have to ask you, uh, the new uh, Alexa Bliss song. Um, I haven't, but I I want to for sure. So I will pro I will probably give it a give give it a listen and then message me on uh, Facebook and tell me what you think. Is it is it funny or is it bad? Uh, I don't know. I I like Bowling for Soup, but come on, a a a song called Alexa Bliss. I I well, don't like I didn't like it. Was Alexa Bliss in the video? Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. They even made a video, yes. Okay, well, uh, let's, um, let's hurry up and get this uh, show over with so I, can, uh, so I can go take a look at that and give you my thoughts before I go to sleep. Okay, so let's uh, fire up the DeLorean because we are... Well, actually, we're not going back to a complete event, but there is a one specific event that took place on this date in February of Going back to February eighth of nineteen eighty six, Ben. Yes. And we'll be going to the Boston Gardens. Uh huh. And on this particular date, it was Randy Savage feeding Tito Santana with a pair of brass knuckles to become new Intercontinental Champion. Uh -huh. The referee in this match. The referee in this match was Danny Davis. Who conveniently turned his back, allowing Santana to allowing Santana, yeah, allowing Santana with the brass and knuckles, and allowing Savage to get the win and become your new Intercontinental Champion. Yes, well, any anytime, anytime Savage was winning championships or even having a match, that was just good business. I think, um, I think, I think, despite the fame that he. Accrued. I think. I still think he's underappreciated, and uh, he personally, he's one of my favorite legends of all time. So, any time uh, you want to bring up a Randy Savage moment on this podcast, I'm all for that. So, all right. So that was our uh, trip back through uh, history for this week. Uh, no uh, big event. Uh, I have the state. Other than 
I will briefly uh, run down the list just for listeners, like of the actual shows that did take place. Right. So, of course, we had a show from New York City in 1937. Uh, February 8th of 2005, Hustle House Volume 4 took place. February 8th, 2009, Promotione Oceanic had their 10th anniversary. On In that same year, TNA held their again. And so, in 2014, CZW had their 15th anniversary show, and in 2015, it was National Pro Wrestling V3. Oh, very good. Well, between you and me, I, I don't think anybody in history should or would care about CZW because the level of violence in that promotion makes... It makes ECW look like a bunch of kid, kindergartners. Uh, have you seen any CCW? Yes. Oh, wow. Is it, it's that bad? Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, you, no thank you. I mean, have you seen the Necro Butcher's face? I mean, fuck. Uh, only, I've never seen, I've never seen him wrestle, but I've seen his picture. I've seen pictures, yeah. Well, uh, well, go, go, and uh, go and watch his match with uh, Samoa Joe, and yeah. it's it's just gonna be like, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. wow, okay, <laughs> all right. So, Ben, um, wants to bring this week's show to a close. Ab- absolutely. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, Franco has been Pierce. I've been your host, Elio Canella. Same. We'll talk to y'all next week. Ben, say goodbye to the listeners. See ya. <laughs>